0: blog talk radio hello welcome to snake all radio here on blog talk radio happy february everybody uh this is jim venturi your host uh if it's your first time tuning into the show um or you're whether you're catching it live or in archive uh welcome everybody to my show uh, I've been in the show for a number of years now, and uh, today's show is actually going to be a live column read uh, from uh, my newest column and subsequent discussion about that. Um, I won't be able to take live calls on today's show uh, for lack of time, but um, but yeah uh, you know, sometimes some shows I'm able to today's show will not be able to take the live calls. Uh, But we will uh, go into a good discussion about this column, and I think it's a very important one. Uh, You know, if you're new to uh, catching my show, uh, again, my name is Jim Ventura. I'm a professional astrologer and navigational consultant. I work with all different types of uh, oracles like runestones and numerology and uh, angel cards and tarot. And so uh, information about my services can be found on my website at jimventura.com. Uh, I do in-office sessions in Phoenix, as well as by phone and Zoom and FaceTime, out of area clients. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I uh, published a couple of different books, as well as doing a, uh, a every-other-month column called Snake Oil, which is what today's show is going to be a take on. Um, if you're not already getting the column each month, email me at VenturaSage at yahoo.com, and I'll add you to the mailing list. So you're able to get my column every other month, as well as uh, a birthday offer and uh, some great information. Uh, Again, all that info available on the website. So, uh, you know, a little bit of news before I dive into the column and then the discussion. Uh, A couple of interesting things going on. A lot of stuff astrologically, uh, so I, I may touch upon a little of that today if we have the time. But uh, I've got to do an astrology show. I haven't done one in a while uh, to catch everyone up on the uh, current astrology. Some interesting things going on. Um, but at you know personal levels, um, I do a, a television show called The List on ABC, and just did a show on rune casting in relation to um, Valentine's Day. Is one of many uses for the runes. Excited about that. It just aired today. You can catch that at the List TV website. Uh, it's on ABC syndicated, see my segment about rune casting Um, that's kind of big to get runes on national television is is exciting one of the oracles that I work with of course Uh, so um, yes, a couple of some some good things going on here that that I wanted to ultimately share Um, anyway so let's dive into the column Uh, I want to read the column live in case you haven't um, already uh, read this column Uh, this is why I do this live um, and, uh, and then we're going to talk about it in more detail um, So this column is called Should I Stay or Should I Go Now? Uh, analysis of the Near-Death Experience And had I been more prepared, by the way I would have played the Clash song uh, Should I Stay or Should I Go Now? In the background <laughs> I'm simply not prepared today uh, To get an audio file um, Too lazy uh, So just imagine that in your head for a minute, okay? Uh, Anyway, so, again, the column is called Should I Stay or Should I Go Now? The Near-Death Experience. Uh, Stories about people experiencing a near-death experience are compelling, exciting, inspiring, and reassuring. They give many a sense of hope about a confirmation of life after death. The details are remarkably similar no matter what the conditions were that brought the situation about. There's often a bright light or many colors, many see family members who have already crossed over and often have a feeling of being pulled down a long tunnel. Most experience a sense of great joy and a feeling of being loved. Some people report a sense of wanting to move towards the light, while others feel they are not ready. The ones who are revived frequently have a strong sense of purpose and knowingness about why they are still alive. Almost everyone who goes through this never again questions life after death and the existence of the other side. While these profoundly transformative experiences are not extremely common among the general populace, many people have had times when they experience a brush with death. Avoiding an accident like a brick falling from a building that just misses you by inches, not boarding a plane that ends up crashing, uh, miraculously recovering from a horrible illness are just some, of, some examples of times we could have exited this world if things had gone a different way. I almost drowned in the ocean when I was 19 along with two other friends who were partying and drinking heavily in a deserted area on a beach and swam too far out when we uncomfortably realized the strength of the tide would not allow us to get back to shore. Some inner voice thankfully told me to swim sideways after plunging underwater to just touch the ocean floor for a minute to get my bearings again. While it was a struggle to make it back to shore, I made it. A friend of ours on the shoreline saw it all happening and ran over a half a mile to a nearby beach to get a lifeguard who saved my friends. I was left with a great respect for the power of nature, especially the ocean, and I truly sensed that I dodged a bullet. In the more extreme cases of near-death experiences, often the shock helps us either reconnect or begin to have a heightened senses, increased intuitive abilities, or even a deep sense of connection to their spirit guides and ability to even receive messages from the other world. Most young children have a connection to the other world naturally until it is trained out of them by polite society. They inevitably further root themselves to a more limited focus to this particular lifetime, their bodies, and the physical world itself. Young children frequently have memories of other lifetimes, see ghosts, sense spirits, talk to helpers, and experience a much more fluid existence between this world and the other world. The majority of us will have had times when we wish we could, have, could leave this world or almost did. In extreme cases, this can be suicidal thoughts. But even in a more mild way, this is far more common than people generally share. Painful bouts with illness, sad losses in career, family or relationship losses, and other brutal life passages can make us understandably wonder why we want to stay here at all. I remember actually thinking about this a number of times when I was about 17 or 18.
1: The overwhelming,
0: overwhelming feelings of not belonging, coming to terms with my sexual expression, wondering whether I was lovable, attractive, whether it would be truly accepted, driven by teenage self-deprecation, were real. My appendix around that age almost ruptured. So part of me danced with it physically. After my surgery, The doctor told my mother that had I not gotten to the hospital in time, things could have gone very badly. 2020 is now in the past. It was a rough year for many individually and much of the world as a whole. I spoke to a few people who admitted to thinking about exiting this world with a heightened sense of why bother. Not only were there tremendous losses connected with COVID-19, but they were high numbers of deaths connected with other illnesses, wildfires, hurricanes, and a host of other difficult influences. We live in a world where linear thought is considered the height of achievement, the official way we should see things. We devalue intuition and science primarily looks at statistics and tangible as well as logical reasons why people die. I would in no way argue the validity of a good portion of this perspective, It is one language of many available on a viewpoint behind the why of events. And if we look deeper and see things to a spiritual lens, a metaphysical viewpoint behind the cause of events, both individually and collectively, we can see other aspects of why there were many departures. A buildup over years, especially in the USA, the UK, and other countries most heavily hit with political extremes and wars of political thought, acceptable if not encouraged hatred of other people's different points of view created a toxic environment as much as physical toxins do destructive volatile weather wealth disparities racial intolerance surfacing and smug righteousness about how one should be and little tolerance of other people's points of view and ugliness in notable ways over the last few years Medical authorities bombarding us with the worst is yet to come. Elderly in nursing homes denied their much-needed family visits or the touch of a grandchild, and largely seen as an expensive burden. As well as millions of people losing businesses, jobs, livelihoods built for years with crushed dreams. Many people for the first time in their lives embracing the humiliation of waiting on food lines to survive and feed their families. Much of the news media endlessly suggesting that a virus can catch you at any time and you have no power but to hide in your homes, and it is a right and noble thing to do. Other right-leaning news sources suggesting repeatedly that the virus is really a hoax, adding more cruelty and insult to many people who have tangibly suffered or experienced loss. Is it somehow shocking that people will depart in larger quantities than usual? Many of the souls who left this world were simply good, kind, gentle, lovable people who were simply exhausted by all this added fear and made the transition back home to the world. Some news stations beautifully beautifully took the time to highlight stories about people who passed from COVID, wildfires, and service professions that selflessly sacrificed. While each case was unique, I could easily see a theme. A good portion were special needs people, individuals who had already barely overcome other illnesses, generous, selfless people, nurses and other medical professionals, the elderly, minorities and other marginalized people. Good, kind people, no matter how much they love their families or even those with purpose in life still understandably grow tired of the struggle. We might struggle consciously with the fear of death. We all know at the deeper levels that we will go back to where we originally came from and death to a place of love, joy, and further evolution. We can honor these losses, and certainly we should, but also remember that there is no real death, only transition back to the other world. We can mourn, but also value the time we had with anyone we have lost and how they touched our lives. When we wish we had more time or regret not having, had, not having said more, loved more, been kinder, and also honor that this it was their time to go, knowing we will also go when it is our time. Most importantly, maybe we can learn something from the toxins of the last years that are thankfully now in the past. We can personally choose to be kinder, and more understanding those we disagree with. We can grow more loving now and appreciate the differences and variety all around us. We can in our own unique ways, make this world a better place. Maybe then, When enough of us have prioritized, we don't need another year like 2020 to remind us of what really matters. Letting go of wasting valuable energy fearing death itself is good work. When we see it, as correctly as a natural aspect of all the different phases of life. Enjoy the time you have as much as possible and maybe focus on the things and people you love and care about. A little less energy wasting time about what angers you. Fortunately, I've noticed some of my more right-leaning friends have broken through their extreme focuses on conspiracy theories and other fearful nonsense and done some notable positive things. Even some of my heated, intense liberal friends recently – even one of my (laughs) uh, heated, intense liberal friends recently did something remarkable. She thoughtfully mentioned on Facebook a heartfelt story of a friend who was a nurse – Someone who is working in the hospital that is overwhelmed. She shared how they are working extremely long shifts, watching people suffer or die and feeling helpless. The nurses, doctors, and many other important staff members often don't have time to go out to lunch or even take breaks for more than a few minutes. My friend's idea was to ask if anyone wanted to donate a few dollars so she could pick up easy-to-eat pre-wrapped sandwiches, snacks, juices, and sign a card saying how appreciated all their hard work and sacrifices were. I gladly donated to this cause and asked her to slip an angel message card I provided into the mix for someone to see. This beautiful act on her part transcended all political perspectives and touched directly into our human goodness, our caring and ability to acknowledge our fellow brothers and sisters with empathy. A bit more of this type of focus in 2021 would be a welcome shift. This gives me hope. It was less about, will the pandemic come to an end? Because they always do. Just as important and quite interconnected, I hope that the pandemic of cruelty, self-righteousness, and lack of empathy will shift to a time of love, understanding, and kindness being the priority and making the world become a place more people want to stay part of. Don't keep waiting for the age of Aquarius to begin, to make it an age of Aquarius now. Okay. So that was my uh my uh, uh my February, well, January February column. Uh it was uh it's a little it's a little bit of a longer one. Uh obviously I kind of packed a bit into that uh, of some stuff that that's been rummaging around in in my psyche for the whole year for that matter. Um you know, if you if you backtrack and and look at um most of the columns I wrote in, in 2020, and I generally do about six or seven each year. Uh, you'll kind of see a progressive theme with this sort of being the finale of um, of that theme um, that, that was kind of a build-up uh, about this subject. And um, I kind of wanted to tie it all together, which is something I, I frequently uh, am able to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, you know stating the obvious uh, for most people twenty twenty was a rough year. you know astrologically, we had a lot of um, a lot of Capricorn energy going on, and uh, as I've humorously mentioned before, if you're Capricorn, you know how to handle difficulty, probably better than uh most people do. It's part of capricorn's wiring but for the general populace does not know how to handle capricorn astrology uh Pluto and Jupiter and Saturn were all in Capricorn. Um, you know, positive pole of Capricorn is I use, meaning you use negativity to propel you to be more successful, to do well, to overcome. Uh, and as negative as I inhibit, and it becomes an, you know, uh, energy of inhibition of fear, which became very prevalent during the COVID times, which are still at the tail end of, um, where people are afraid of touching each other and germs jumping on you and getting you and, and afraid of going to work and afraid of going anywhere publicly and, You know, so uh, we can sort of see the astrological significance of this. Um, But we've moved into Aquarius energy at this point in the game. So, um, you know, the proverbial age of Aquarius is, in some respect, upon us. So we have a different type of vibration and energy with Aquarius. You know, Aquarius is more about brotherhood and sisterhood and working toward goals and dreams and a united society and people coming together and working together for causes and things that matter. So, definite different vibrational shift. Um, you know, the negative of of, of, uh, of Aquarius. You know, every sign has something it needs to learn. Um, Aquarius' test can be to learn warmth, which is simply because Aquarians a lot of times, because they're so analytical. Let's say fixed air sign have a tendency to um, to analyze their feelings um, and become uncomfortable with extreme uh, emotion. That's why you'll find, like, a lot of Aquarians being very, you know, healthy, detached in a strong way. And then when they get emotional, I was kind of jokingly called, like, Dr. Spock suddenly feels. And then they're just, like, overwhelmed with emotion. And everybody goes running in all directions because you don't know what to do with Aquarius when it's, <laughs> when they get uh, emotional. Um, Aquarians can learn to space that out a little bit more. You know, it's okay to feel stuff and, and let some of your lower energies come into play so they don't build up. But because the test is warm, that's what, you know, as the pandemic begins to subside, it's not going away, but it will subside. Numbers are going down, you know, in addition to, you know, vaccinations and and scientists getting better with, with handling, you know, people with it and helping to navigate through it. Um, You know, one of the, so that's a positive again, pandemics come to an end. Don't listen to science is God Almighty, with the with the endless, it's never going away, and this is how the world is always going to be, and shut up, shut up, shut up. You know what I mean? Oh God. Society has been certain ways for years, and we go through tests, and we adapt to them, and there will be concerts again, and people will go out to restaurants again, and just stop with the nonsense. Um, you know, it's just... It's not going to be overdone overnight, but bit by bit, this will begin to heal, and you'll see less people suffering from this ailment for various reasons. Um, But the test of learning warmth is—you know—we're going to get a little maybe too detached over the next few months the next year or so, uh, where we we might forget some of that needed warmth of contact with people and touch, and uh, because it's still going to be a lingering fear about some of that and people, and while. Zoom and, and things like that that we've adapted to have been useful in some ways. There um, are you know, more people staying home, less people on the road. Um, you know, there's certain good elements to that being in play. Uh, you know, one of my favorite things is that restaurants can't cram tables like a, an inch away from you. You ever sort of notice that in restaurants before COVID? Like some of them would just cram so many tables in that, you know, having a conversation and, like, you know, you move your elbow and you bump into the table next to you. Um, you know, listen, maybe there's a few elements of COVID that were good in that way. Man, I don't want to be that close on top of another human being, you know, unless I'm consciously choosing to And the concert or an event, but not in a freaking restaurant, you know. Um, but um, so, yeah, obviously you can see the negatives, but there are also some positives to the experience in terms of a transforming society. But, yeah that's going to be the test is to get the warmth back in a way because humans do need to interact with each other emotionally. You know, you got to recognize the the certain levels of sexual starvation among single people and others. It's got to be another element that's making people want to put their fists through a wall without ever being afraid to meet up in the first place. So, yeah, you know, um, I, I kind of wanted to point some of this astrological, societal, emotional significance out for obvious reasons, because yes, you know, some people thrived and did well during 2020. I, I personally did not have nearly the tests a lot of the people around me did um, with uh, COVID. Uh, I had a decrease in business, but not by a staggering margin. Um, I was it a okay place financially to be able to survive it, you know, in contacts to other people? Um, much of my business was, by, um, was already by phone or by, um, you know, FaceTime or, or occasional Zoom calls. Uh, although I still take, you know, in-office clients, so I didn't, I didn't get hit the way a lot of other people did, which I'm grateful of. And I, I take that partly to be because when I went through a that horrible recession, 2008-2009, which was brutal on me, um, I kind of knew like that was my time. I wasn't going to do that again. So I, I think I sort of energetically, emotionally, and practically adapted accordingly. So I did not get hit as hard as many people did who lost businesses and relationships and experiences in COVID. Uh, yeah, I've, I've had a few um, things that that came up with friends and people that were upsetting, um, but uh, because I also look at disease differently, um, you know, I I, do, I value science's perspective, but. I cannot underline this enough. There is no such thing as a random disease that, that jumps on you. Um, Yes. You know, if you're, if you're in a room full of people with the flu or another illness and you're exhausted and you're tired and for your own soul reasons and energy reasons, you need to have that experience. Yes. And that illness will transfer to you. Beyond that, um, there's always multiple angles. as to why illness will affect us emotionally and psychologically. So, this, you know, group terror that the the boogeyman can jump on you at any time um, is an added stress for a lot of people. I don't have that. Um, I know full well that's nonsense in that way. And, and yes, again, I'm a practical human being. I'm not going to, you know, uh, during COVID I didn't want to get in a squeezed, uh, tight little pool with 80 people. You know, there's a certain practicality, too. But the reality is there's multiple layers to illness. And and I, I still, you know, it's so fascinating to me because I see People have gotten so used to wearing masks and things like that that, like, sometimes I see people riding their bikes out in nature wearing a mask by themselves. And I just kind of think to myself, like, okay, um, you're outside on a bike. You're not near another human being. Um, how, You know, and even, like, I'm always, like, noticing people in their car wearing a mask by themselves. I think it's largely because when you go somewhere and you have to wear a mask, you just sometimes forget that it's on. There's no judgment about it in that way. But it is a little bizarre because, like, me, the moment I I get out of the gym or I get out of anywhere, I'm taking that freaking thing off in that sense when I'm in my car or taking a walk, and I'm walking around in a freaking mask. You know what I mean? It's just, that, it's just silly. I'm also from the school that I, if I go to a gym or a store and they ask you to wear a mask, I'm not going to be one of these people that's like, I'm going to fight you. How dare you take away my rights? And, yeah, yeah, God, okay. you know what I mean? I always kind of say, huge battles, boys and girls, in that sense. But, um, yeah, it was a difficult year, and this leads to, for, for a lot of people, and so this leads to kind of what I was writing and talking about in the column and why I wanted to discuss this, because my goal is, again, like I had said in the piece, I'm not trying to take my readers and clients away from believing in science we're getting caught up in conspiracy nonsense. If you read any of my columns, you know where I stand on the conspiracy crapola as well. Too most of it is nonsense. Sometimes a little basis of truth and turned into ludicrousness. Um, but the, the newest one was the uh, that I heard was the Jewish space lasers that were causing the wildfires in uh, California. God, new ways of being anti-Semitic wrapped up in idiocy. Um, <laughs> so you know, none of what I'm saying or teaching is about that. No one's asking me to reject science. What I'm talking about is looking at death, looking at illness, and looking at life from another perspective, another language, another way of viewing it. You don't have to get rid of your your other perspectives. When you add another viewpoint to it. It's similar to learning multiple languages. When you talk to someone who speaks seven languages, they're rarely racist or homophobic or things like that. It just forces the mind and the psyche to expand. Drop the phone there. Ultimately, the realm of the, um, what I humorously call the realm of the ninth house, or Sagittarian energy and astrology, or expansion of thought. So, what I'm kind of getting at is if you look, if you, if you lost family members, not only to COVID or anything else for that matter, listen, it's very human and understanding to grieve, um, as you should, uh, especially with someone you love and that you care about, and the conditions around COVID and other illnesses can often be um, really brutal. I mean, some deaths are, are, are brutal. And some are more easily, um, you know, uh, or easily smoother in a way. You know, I was sort of thinking, I've, I've mentioned this before in a previous column about when I had to put my my poor 15, year old cat down because she got so sick that that was a horrible ordeal to have to take her to a vet and have her put down because her right leg stopped working and, and her um, organs were failing and she couldn't control her um, her her physical you know uh, body anymore and she had lost tons of weight and she was so mentally sharp but her body was literally falling apart and I had to make that horrible decision and I always sort of think like I always hear every once in a while a friend would say oh my god my my husband and I got up one morning and we saw our 15 year old dog was in her little bed and she just died the night before to sleep and we were devastated Well, it's like devast the emotional loss part but like that is a freaking blessing that you know the animal peacefully went in its sleep in that way at 15 years old i mean the practical reality is dogs and cats and things like that generally have a 15 year window give or take a few years in one direction or another so yes good death is going to come nice if you don't have to be part of watching them painfully suffer so again i always think we have to kind of take perspective here our emotional body still has to handle the loss and the sadness but listen you know death is a part of life boys and girls in that sense, we're all going to die at some point, um, and the people we love and, and interact with. So, again, it's just a heightened example of loving and caring and really enjoying the time with the people that we that are parts of our family and friendship and social circle, enjoying them while we're here, as well as enjoying our own life and experiencing, you know, the joy of being alive in a physical body while we have it. But ultimately, you know, it's kind of a weird delusion that, um, you know, it's as bad to focus on the idea that we're never going to die delusional as to focusing on worrying about death all the time at the same time. So when I talk about the other language of, of reading death, what I mean by that is if you've lost someone, your mom, your father, a sibling, an animal, or, you know, anyone that you love or care about, if you expand your psyche in terms of the way you view it, you often can see clues and signals that that person, for their own unique reasons, was contemplating departing this world. Um, you know we all assume that the perfect life of course, is that you you're going to be born and you're going to live to ninety six years old or one hundred and four or you know or 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 eighty seven and and then you pass and and that's a beautiful thought and and good for a lot of people who who have that experience but you know some people for their own sole reasons leave um they, they they even a child may leave before puberty just to have the experience of being a, a child and and listen, that could be emotionally devastating to any parent in a in a human understandable way or sibling of a family member but in the deeper truth, we live multiple lifetimes and some lifetimes you'll live to a ripe old age some lifetimes you will you will you will exit earlier for different reasons so when I talk about expanding the language of it, it doesn't, again, it doesn't take away the normal human need for grief and, and, and experiencing loss and sadness over losing someone that you loved, but it gives us an understanding of, of the variety of, of choices in death that are, our human experience. And also, like I had said in the piece, we honor someone's quote unquote choice to leave. Now, Yes, and trust me, as much as you may want to strangle me, you know, especially if you dealt with a, a, a brutal loss, you know, someone going to being murdered or for extreme examples, um, listen, some part of us does choose to depart this world in different ways. Um, you know, it's, it's less accidental in that way. Although, again, sometimes the conditions themselves can be brutal or difficult in terms of the actual departure. But I can tell you this from experience. You know, any client I've lost or, or, or friend or, 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 you know, has, has in no way has not affected me emotionally in terms of sadness to lose them, especially the ones I was closer to. But I've never encountered a situation where, where it didn't make any sense at all, ever. Always I can see conditions that contributed to that person's sense of, 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 of leaving for their own unique reasons in that sense. So when I talk about honoring that, yeah, experiencing the sadder side, but also, you know, not holding their soul energy bound to the physical plane because you cannot accept that departure in that way. Um, You know, it's tough to learn how to do this. And I'm still working at it at some levels myself. I just maybe further ahead maybe than a lot of people just because I've studied this in that way and you know, let, let's 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 use COVID as an example of this um, because it's a recent experience, and you know, many people, ha- you know, not many, but a good amount of people had COVID and overcame it, and um, and and many people, you know, have died from it. Obviously, in that sense, um, you know, statistically, there's not that many more deaths in contrast in 2019-18 to 2020. In terms of the amount of people dying, Mm -hmm. using the USA as an example, um, more people died from from COVID than from other illnesses. I believe, Um, and I think you could even check this on CDC websites, the numbers were not hugely higher, a little higher though. Um, But if you look at COVID as an illness, again, not only is it obviously a physical thing, but also it's something spiritually and energetic. So one of the things that's common with COVID is um, it often affects the lungs and breathing. And lung issues and breathing in general have to do with unresolved, longstanding grief. The lungs carry our grief. So many people have had sadness and grief that has never been resolved and carry that. And, and COVID is kind of, you know, a buildup of that energy and that sense as well. You know, another interesting part of COVID is um, one of the common Things with COVID is losing your sense of taste and smell. Now, again, we analyze this scientifically, and you could break that down as to why it affected the body that way. But think about that from an emotional, spiritual, energetic perspective. You've lost your taste for life. So, you know, some people lost their taste buds or sense of smell and had to retrain themselves to get that taste back. Um, some people succumbed to the illness and, and passed entirely. Um, but again, uh, illness always reflects a psychological emotional state as well as a physical one again, why i 'm always pushing that on people to understand those dynamics, so losing your taste for life, and like i had mentioned in the piece, you know when I see these uh, uh news shows that that focus on the loss of someone who passed of covid and I love that they do that, and it 's beautiful, and like any other human being, I watch these pictures of these people that have passed and I, I freaking cry and I feel that pain of the family's loss and these beautiful people that departed this world. And I, I I see the centralized theme. Many of them just exhausted um, energetically and emotionally from a life of difficulty. And again, like I was talking about here, um, you know, the world has been meaner, you know, I've noticed it. I think you, it would be hard not to notice it. Politically, um, horrible. And just in terms of people at each other's throats and lack of understanding and awareness. You know, I was at the casino the other day. This is a perfect kind of weird little example of this at a local casino. I'm gambling. And I sit down to play video poker, and there's, a, there's about five or six people all talking. And they all said to me, um, I hope you're a big fan of Trump because we're a Trump group and then sort of hanging out, drinking and chatting. And no, not a big fan of Trump. I, you know, I look at him like, you know, 25, 30% of what he did was good and valuable and and 70% was terrible. And emotionally, psychologically, go away now. You know, um, an experiment society needed to do, there was some value in it, but no, I don't think he fits. That's a whole nother subject. But But I'm very diplomatic in that sense. I'm not neither. I'm more of a centrist politically anyway, when you boil it down. So I I got a kick out of them, and I chatted a little bit with them. I mostly just really wanted to play video poker. And what I noticed is, like, some areas they're so, like, psychotically stubborn about things they believe to be true that are just simply factually not, just not accurate, Um, you know, that they glossed over, you know, a a lot of the people that really love him. They kind of lionized him. In a way. So, but on the flip side, um, you know, they're, they're often to buy me a drink with their free drink coupons. You know, they were chatting with some guy that was talking with them and he wasn't even playing. And, and they bought him a drink with their drink coupons when the waitress came. And then he ran and gave the waitress five bucks. And it's kind of the thing that I've said from the beginning. I have different points of view politically and socially about things, but I look toward what unites us rather than what separates us. So, yeah, I can hang among those Trump people, even though, like I said, listening to him talk still makes me want to put a nail in my ears. Um, and I like them. I, I see the good in them. I see they love their dogs and they tip the waitress well. And they, you know, what I mean, I just don't. That to me is what I've been trying to point out all year, that we've just gotten to this point where we've demonized everyone on the other side. And, and it's just an ugly thing in, in human nature that, to me, just built and built and built and culminated over the last few years. And, you know, I will not participate in that. I equally find people on the far, far left to be annoying. You know, I had a, a, some, a friend of mine on, on uh, Instagram that posted something and that if you're a centrist politically, you're useless and you're, you're contributing to the cause because you're too neutral. Oh, God, you know what I mean? <laughs> I can. You know, so I can I can equally find that point. So what I'm sort of getting at is, again, I personally try not to get pulled into those extremes. And this is not only just something energetically in me that I want to be more balanced, but also practically, I have a third of my clientele were, were Trump supporters and people that loved him. And they need counseling and they need guidance and they need insight as well, too. They're not getting into a political discussion with them. That's up to them to figure out their own perspectives on that. So what I'm pointing out here is we, as a species and as a people, we we became very polarized, more than usual. And so as I pointed out on previous shows, not only do you see this reflected in the weather, you know, there's more storms and more fires and more extreme weather conditions because of the emotional energy that's turbulent going on, and that triggers weather conditions. Everything is interconnected in that way. So, and, 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 you know, acts as a valve to release. Listen, when a storm comes, it either um, destroys people in the land or things along the way, or it cleans the landscape. It's the same thing with personal experiences as well too. When we have our own personal storms in that sense, so there's a deeper point of view about death and transition and the cause behind events and illness and those things. If you're if you're open to understanding it, and and it, the good news is, when you get that energy and you understand that more, so you you're, you're much more understanding of other people's points of view understanding of the reality behind the different conditions that go around and more at peace i think i'm able to be more of a centrist in my viewpoints precisely because of the metaphysical knowledge and experience i have it's not wasted it's changed the way that i view life and i'm grateful for that that i don't have that that same level of anger and distaste for people who i don't who don't agree with me about certain things. Everyone's at a different point in their spiritual evolution um, from, you know, from infant and baby souls to young souls and mature souls and old souls. All subjects, again, that I've talked about before. So um, when we can gain that larger understanding, which is a little easier when you're an old soul, you know, and some mature souls are able to get it too. Young souls, not so much. Um, you know, um, you, you appreciate those variances. You appreciate those differences. You appreciate, you know, a field of different flowers and different colors and different types of people and different sexual orientation. You understand that it all collectively brings us to the whole of the uniqueness of human experience and the variety on the planet and why we're here. So, again, the same point I'm making about the death experience, if we get away from fearing it so much, we can recognize that for all of us, not just as COVID as an example, when we've lost our taste for life, when we're tired of this world and we're exhausted and we're, you know, we're beaten down, um, more likely people will leave and will go. And there's different various reasons for why that will be the case as to why they exit. But you can begin to see kind of a centralized theme. I had a friend years ago, a beautiful uh, one of my my a friend of mine's girlfriend, who was a beautiful woman all of her life physically, she was an ASU professor and a teacher, and and I always say that, you know, what she passed in her uh, early to mid sixties, and I think that some part of her was just simply not really interested in going into old age. Some part of her wanted to leave a beautiful <laughs> image as she she as she left this world. And there's so many other reasons behind it. But I think that it made sense that she had passed when she did of illness uh, some years ago, Um, even though I was still sad to see her go because she was awesome and totally cool. And, you know, uh, it still bummed me out to watch my, my friend's girlfriend, you know, pass in that way. But again, it made sense to me in some ways, because of that expansive viewpoint that I've learned through metaphysics and study to not see death as a punishment or a a crime against humanity. Um, We go back to the other world from whence we came. And um, listen, death is awesome in the sense of it's not going to be scary when you actually pass back into the other world. You've done it before. The lifetime, lifetimes you'll do it again. And it's a beautiful, Uh, process and transition um we stay in the this physical world because we want to and we want to taste and experience and and have great naps and see artwork and 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 help others and you know when when we're tired and we've reached a point of saturation we we trans uh, we need an illness or an event or difficulty to, to allow us to go in that sense so that's my take on it um expand your language move your radio station, dial in your head a little bit from viewing this as victimization, more toward a level of understanding, and and you'll be more at peace and understand. So, all right, looks like we're running out of time here. Again, one of the reasons I don't take live calls, usually I babble on too much to be able to (laughs) fit in the time. Uh, So, okay, guys, um, listen, if you're not already getting my uh, column, email me at ventursaggyyahoo.com to uh, get added to the mailing list. It's blind copied, so you don't get any added sales stuff and no one will ever see your mailing address. Um, great to get the columns when they're fresh. Um, also, add your birthday if you email me so I can add the birthday promotion. Um, and uh, you can catch me on Instagram as well as Facebook where I post different unique things. And also definitely... Um, check out my YouTube uh, videos. Uh, I do those maybe about every four or five weeks. One, uh, there may be seven, eight minutes long about different subjects. So, uh, check out my YouTube videos. You can go to Jay Ventura to track those down. And, um, and, uh, You can catch all that good stuff uh, by uh, more information in general at my website at jimventura.com. All right, guys, uh, great conversation today. Um, Thanks for all my callers. I kind of told you I did not have time to answer calls, and the show is officially finished. So uh, we'll catch up with you next month, probably a month and a half before my next show. And everybody have a great uh, February. Cheers.